Well, here we are. Uh, we, were sh- we were going to be in, back in the book of uh, the Revelation, and we've decided to just extend our time for a reason, uh, because Revelation, if you remember, we're going to be back in it in a few weeks. Revelation was written, it was, it was given by Jesus to, to John to seven real churches, seven real ones that were in Asia Minor, but not just to the seven, seven speaks to completeness. So God spoke to the churches at the time that needed a word from him. And then literally by extension, because the, the Spirit of God breathes life into the word, you and I can look at the Revelation and learn and grow and follow Jesus. So, so Revelation is written to churches, which just begs the question, when I say church, what comes to mind? Just give me, when I, I say church, what does that mean to you? What's another word that, that you associate with church? Gathering. Anyone else? Body of believers. Great. Anyone else? People. Anyone else? Silence. Anyone else? No, anyway. Uh, those of you who are chatting online, why don't you just chat? And when, you, when I say church, what, is that, what does that mean to you? Well, what we want to do is take an honest look at church because a phenomenon has happened. And, and we're, it's subtle, but it's real, and we may not be aware of it. Uh, we've all gone through a dramatic change in the last 10, 11 months. Uh, 11 months. Our habits have changed radically. School used to be a place that you go to. Now it's a screen that you look at. Work used to be a place that you go to, and now you're figuring out, oh, I can do this or I can't do this uh, digitally and online. Our shopping habits are different. Brick and mortar is in decline, and online sales are through the roof. I see the Amazon truck come by our house like five, seven, eight times, like, bring me something, bring me something, only once or twice a day. Uh, Our habits have changed. Guess what? Our church habits have radically changed. Mid-March, uh, many of you remember, we were meeting in this place. And then I think it was on a Thursday, the decree from on high was given. By Sunday, everything stopped. And I thought, a couple of weeks, we'll be back. Ha, 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 ha. I'm not a prophet, obviously. And, and months went by. And that's made us think about, subtly, you've already made some decisions about church. What is the church anyway? And when we were not meeting and not connected, were we actually a church? Or were we an online content forum? What is the church anyway? And, and as we reemerge out of this season, I'm telling you, people's habits for shopping are probably changed forever. And if we're not careful, my friend, our view of church can radically change for the good or the not so good. So here's what we want to do. Over the next three weeks, we want to look at not our opinion, because everyone here has an opinion about church, and some of that opinion may be right, some of that opinion may be biased, it may be flat out wrong and inaccurate. We want to look at what the Bible has to say about this thing called church so that we can step back into the revelation and get God's word to us. Now let's just start with a basic definition. I'm saying church in English. Well, in English, the word church is just a translation of the Greek word in the Bible called ekklesia. And ekklesia was not a church word, if that makes sense. It was just a regular word. As a matter of fact, when the Roman Senate met, that was called the ecclesia. The government, whenever the government leaders got together, 
they were an ecclesia. When uh, a town hall in a, in a town or a village got together to discuss an issue in the community, that was an ecclesia. When, when the synagogue, if you were a Jew, when you went to synagogue, that was an ecclesia. Uh, if you were in school at the time and you came together for some music or some announcements, an assembly we would call that, right? Back in the day when people were together, that is an ecclesia. Jesus co-ops a word that was already being used and already had meaning. And Jesus takes that word and uses it to say, my people are going to be this thing. What is an ecclesia? Church, it's a meeting, it's assembly, it's a gathering. And um, what my point so far is that sometimes we say, I'm going to church. And now that's not inaccurate. We're going to the meeting of God's people. So yeah. Or uh, what church are you a part of? Our mind often goes to, here's where my church meets and here's what my church does. I just want you to know, when Jesus uses the word, and when the New Testament writers use the word, they are not thinking of a building at all. There's actually no reference to go to church. But there is a huge reference to going to be a part of this group of people together for a purpose. And so church is God's people together. That's what it is in the end. It's God's people together. Sometimes in a larger space like this. Sometimes in a home with 10 or 15 people. The, the church is in this building right now. And the church is at home right now. And so what we want to do is take the scriptures and help them inform our lives. Church is about assembling. Church is about gathering. It's not just about endless meetings for meeting's sake. But there's a dangerous trend that's saying, I don't know if I need to be a part of a church. And maybe you're there right now and you're watching online or you're here, but you're actually wondering, I don't know how important is this and is this essential to following Jesus? I'm meeting more and more people who are saying, I love Jesus. I actually like the Bible and I, I'm, I'm pursuing God. I'm spiritual, but I just don't, I don't need to be a part of a church. Maybe you do. If that's, if that's what you need, that's cool for you, but I, I just don't need it. I don't see the value in it. How do we address that? Because by the way, side note, that's where our entire culture is going, not just about church. The problem with a fish is the fish doesn't know he's swimming. A fish is in the water, doesn't even realize it's water. The fish is just doing what the fish does. Do you know there's a current and a trend going on in our world that we don't even know it's happening. It's just happening all around us. And the cultural trend right now is to devalue anything ancient and old, anything that's an institution, anything that has a legacy to it, and to jettison that, the cultural trend in, in politics and government and school and, and ethics and everything is to say those things were shackling us. What we need is to be released from those things so that we can live our full selves I was created to live my full self, and those things are holding me back. We need to strip down those ancient things so that we are free to build our own lives. And that is the cultural trend. And the, the challenge with swimming in waters, you don't realize you're going down the current. If we're not careful, what we'll do is we'll apply that to our growth in Jesus and say, you know what? Maybe in previous generations they needed a church. I got a podcast list. 
I listen to four or five people. I have six or seven friends. We pray, we have lunch together, and this is, this is all that I need. I don't need to be a part of something bigger. Thank you very much. I'll make the choices. I'll make the decisions. As a matter of fact, that's how God created me. He created me to, to, to walk in the reality that I think is best. Some of you are like, is that a problem? Because we're swimming in those kinds of waters in our world. Well, three things I just want to look at today. Foundations that come right from Jesus and from his followers that are going to build a little bit of a, a solid grounding. And then I want to look at one picture. Because the beautiful thing about the Bible is it gives us metaphors, pictures of what church is supposed to be. And then the next two weeks, I'm going to look at one picture each week. And we're going to figure out again and rediscover what church is according to the Bible. First thing, church is God's idea. We need to, re- we need to start there. Uh, 26 West is not my church. People ask, hey, where does your church meet? I don't have a church. Hey, uh, how many people go to your church? Who's a part? What is your church? Whoa, this is not my church. And, and it's not your church. And it's not our church. And I know we use these phrases. There's nothing wrong with them. I'm like the language police. I'm not. But the, the, the hidden thought, if we, if we go down that road, is we see church as our idea, our, our approach to following God. And we forget church is not my idea. Church is God's idea. And if I don't start from that place, I may go in the wrong direction. How do I know that church is God's idea? I just look at the words of Jesus. Matthew 16 We're going to look at three places, Matthew 16, Matthew 18, and then Ephesians 2. So Matthew 16, and we'll start in verse uh, 15. What about you, Jesus said, who do you say I am? Uh, Jesus asked his disciples, who are people saying I am? And then he says to his disciples, verse 16, Simon Peter answered, you are the Messiah. You're the son of the living God. And Jesus replied, blessed are you, Simon, son of Jonah, For this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood, but it was revealed by my Father in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter. And on this rock, notice the phrase, I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. Church is God's idea. Well, So what's God's idea and why does he do it? And Jesus begins to spell it out. Jesus only uses the word church twice, but it's super informative on the purpose and meaning and value of what we're doing right now. First thing is, it's God's idea. Peter gets an understanding of who Jesus is. At the time, you got to remember, this is the first person to clearly say Jesus' mission and his purpose and his plan. You are God's messenger, Messiah. And you know what Jesus says? This is the nature of what I'm going to do. God has always called a people to himself so that people would let the world know who he is, what he's doing, and what he has to say. And so we see in the early part of the Bible, God calls Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and their family, and they become a nation. And and God says, you're going to be a light to the nations. You're going to love me and follow me and serve me. And from you, the world is going to know that I'm good and I'm inviting them close. The world's going to be blessed. Well, Jesus takes that and by extension says, Aha, because of me, I will build my church. How does Peter get the right answer? This is massive. God himself, Jesus says, 
the Father has made it known to you. The only way that Peter knows the will of God is God gives it to him. Humans have not given you this kind of wisdom. This is from my Father. And by the way, Peter, this is the church. What God's going to do after Jesus returns to the Father, God is going to give a community his very words, his very life, his very direction, so that they'll know how to follow him, love him with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength, learn to love their neighbor as himself, and they'll invite other people in, which means, number two, church is about God's truth. The nature of what happens when God's people come together, it's, it's not about public opinions, it's not about my words, it's not about cultural trends, it's about the truth of God. And what, what is revealed, Peter makes known. God says, you're the Messiah. And, he, and he, by the way, later when Jesus returns, Peter's the first person to tell the world, hey, you crucified Jesus, but you had no idea what God was doing. He is God's messenger. He is God's life. You can receive him and enjoy him forever. And, and everywhere Peter goes and others go to share this message, people are radically changed, hear me, through the church. Now what we want to do is we want to say, no, no, it's actually through the people. No, it's through the church. Because the church is God's people together. And if we don't remember that, you're saying, like, what's the big deal here, Jose? This is kind of like obvious. If I undervalue what God wants to do, if I make the church a low priority, when according to Jesus, this is the way the world is going to know the good news. The world. How's anyone going to know who Jesus is? It's through the church. So if I undervalue what God values, how can I claim to be one of his loved followers? There's a trend because we've been hurt. I don't know if you've been a part of church communities before. I have my entire life. And, and some experiences have been the best, and some experiences have been the worst. It's been so disappointing. And part of the problem with church is I'm disappointing. And when I look back, I realize some of the disappointment in other people's lives when it comes to church is because of the way I've lived, the way, the way I've treated people, the way I've spoken. And so, yeah, in one sense, in the practical world, the church is a mixed bag in that we're holy, we belong to Jesus but we're becoming holy, God's transforming us. And so we're not perfect, but according to Jesus, the church is God's idea. It's his way of getting his word out. And it's about God's truth, the way the world's going to know. And so it's funny, we want to jettison the church and throw out church, forgetting we wouldn't have any faith apart from the church. You and I would not have the Bible if it weren't for faithful brothers and sisters copying it by hand meticulously for centuries because they valued the precious revelation of God's truth and the Spirit of God working through them. And, and we want to chuck it because it doesn't fit our like, convenience factor. Let's not forget the church is God's idea. The church is centered on God's truth. But it's not just about that. It's not just that, like the church isn't a library where you get to learn information. The church is about transformed lives. How do I know that? Second time Jesus speaks about church, it's about people problems. Which, by the way, just join a church and realize there are always people problems. Always. I've waited for a season of peace since 
being a part of a team that planted this church. And I finally realized after close to nine years that time's never going to come. Because wherever there are people, there's always challenges and, and reasons why we need to depend on Jesus. It's always been that way. All right, Matthew uh, 18. What do we do when, when we're struggling with getting along with one another? Verse 15. If your brother or sister sins, Jesus speaking, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. And if they listen to you, you've won them over. But if they will not listen to you, take one or two others along so that, quote, every matter may be established by the testimony of two or three witnesses. This is interesting. Jesus is sharing how to live out our faith, and he quotes the Bible. Isn't that good? You see, because God had given his people his truth, Jesus looks at God's truth and says, here's what you need to do. If there's a people problem, go one-to-one. If not, grab another person. Verse 17, if they still refuse to listen, tell it to the assembly of God's people together, the church. And if they refuse to listen, even to the gathered group of God's people, the collective, unified, loving group of God's people, treat them as you would a pagan or a tax collector. And that was code for their day saying, this is not someone you could treat with intimate love and closeness because those are seen as enemies. You got to be careful because their path is a dangerous path. You may want to bless them, but they may take you on a, on a negative road. So just be cautious and discerning. So God's given a pathway for us to be together and, and whole. Third thing is church is about godly relationships. The church is, is God's idea, right? It's about God's truth. God reveals his word to his people. We are the people who've received it. We think about it. We learn. We talk about it. We get to know it. We want to live it out. But ultimately, it's about relationships, relationships with God and relationships with one another. So where can we go to work out our differences? If you want to follow Jesus, you and I, we need the collection of God's people together because God's speaking through all of his people and he's given various people gifts and skills and abilities. And, and together, when we hit roadblocks with other people, we can go and share our heart and be heard. We can share our grievances and be listened to. And then through God's people, God will remind us of his truth that is sometimes encouraging. You're in the right, Jose. Well, you ought to forgive we can also receive a word of correction or even rebuke. Jose, I totally hear what you're saying. But did, did you ever think about this? Hey, I want, you to, I want you to read this with me and I want you to put your name on it. What about that? So church, God's people together, is where we get to hear from God through one another because God's truth is on our hearts and minds and lips. And then we can build into each other. The, where do you go when you want to grow in following Jesus, well, we're going to need some other people, Jesus is saying. And so if you can't figure it out, bring it to the church, God's people together. All right, those, are, those are super basic. Now I want to give you a visual. This will be the first one, two more in the next two weeks. What can you call the church? What does it look like? I'm a word picture guy. If I can't see it, I don't get it. So I love any book with pictures is my, con I mean, I, I can read too, okay? I know big words. But, a, but, a, but if this is a graphic, I really 
get it. Someone tries to give me information. I'm like, can you send it to me? I must physically see it. Well, fortunately, God loves me. And he, he gave us a word picture. Uh, the church is a house. That's what it is. When I think God's gathered, assembled, connected, relational people together, what I ought to think of, this is not the only photo, the only picture, the only graphic, but church is a house, not just a killer, well-worn leather couch, but it's a house. How do I know that? Ephesians 2, I'm going to read a lot of verses, uh, and at the end of what I read, it's going to really make it home, but let's just read the Bible. Uh, Ephesians 2, starting in verse 11. It says, therefore, remember that formerly you who were Gentiles by birth, that's us actually, by the way, called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, that's Jewish people, which is done in the body by human hands. Remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel and foreigners to the covenants of the promise. You were without hope and without God in the world. But now, he's, he's speaking to Jesus' people. Now, in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Uh, helpful reminder. He's speaking to a church to say, thank God for God's idea, God's truth, and, and bringing about godly relationships because in their culture, depending on what your faith system was, it kept you away from others. So if you were a faithful Jew, you would never, hear me, never, ever, ever invite a non-Jew into your home for a meal. They're not a part of God's covenant family. So you're to eat and drink and have fellowship with those within the faith, and you're not to do that with those outside the faith. But, but the reminder of them, remember who you used to be. God invited you in. Because of Jesus, you were far, but now you've been brought close. That's not the house yet. We're getting there. Verse uh, 14. For he himself, Jesus, is our peace, who made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one uh, body to reconcile them both to God through the cross by which he made peace to those who are near. For through him, we both have access to the Father by the Spirit. Okay, what, what's church? Church is a house. But here's his very specific reminder. Culturally, you had nothing to do with you and there was literally a dividing wall. As a matter of fact, he's, he's playing to what they know. To be a Jew, you would worship God at the festivals at the temple. The temple is the most holy place. It's where God comes to meet with his people. But there was a huge dividing wall that, that kept out the non-Jews. And there was a court, the court of the Gentiles, the non-Jews. They were allowed to get that far if they respected God. They could not go any further. And you know what he says is this is the beauty of the church. Everyone's invited. If you come from a non-Jesus background, you're invited. If you come from another faith system, you're invited. If you come from a very broken situation, you're invited. If you have done well your entire life, you're a liar. But you're invited too. Everyone's invited 
to be in the presence of God. Why? Jesus broke the barrier between cultural groups and he broke the barrier between us and God. So there was a dividing wall into the most holy place. You couldn't get close. By the way, if you weren't born of the tribe of the priests, you weren't getting anywhere near. If you weren't the high priest, you were. there's no chance for you. But all those dividing walls between us and God and us and each other, Jesus demolishes them. This is good news, isn't it? I still didn't get to the picture yet. Aha, we're there. Verse 19. Consequently, so here's the punchline. You, together, all of you, are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people and also members of his, here we go, household, his house. And notice the metaphor. Built, so a house is built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets with Christ Jesus himself as the chief cornerstone, all building language. In him, the whole, here's another word, building is joined together and rises, so this construction, to become, oh, wait a minute, a holy temple in the Lord. And in him, you too, all of you collective, are being built together to become, another house kind of word, a dwelling in which God lives by his Spirit. Now, I know I, I, I read a ton here, but we just need to remember church is a house. It's a house with a foundation. It's a foundation with a chief cornerstone. It's a house that's being built upward, being built on something solid. And guess what? Together, notice the metaphor, together, every one of us is being built into a space. So you and I are part of something bigger than us. And it's not just a space. We're being built up into something where God's presence dwells. So what is church? In the end, it's not only God's idea. It's where God meets with his people. Again, if I undervalue, I don't know if, I, I don't know if I'm going to go to church. There's a big game going on. I don't know if I don't know if I want to be a part of that. Like, I've stressed out all week. I got all these things. I got all these things I, I need to do. Okay, so I don't know if I really want to commit myself. To, I'm already. Do you realize how like plugged I'm in out here? I'm plugged in here and I'm plugged in. I need to. I need to unplug. So if we're not careful, if we if we don't see church in the end as the temple. I'm not saying the building. I'm saying the Jesus' people together as becoming a one thing where God, hear this, meets. What if every time we thought about being with some other Jesus' people, whether they're a part of 26 West Church or another church is irrelevant because in a sense, there's one big building he's building and many, many parts, many, many rooms. That's all we are. Just one part of the big thing God's doing. What if we saw this as the place where when I'm with God's people, I know God will be with us. Not just songs, not just messages, not just slides, not just entertainment, but this is the very place where I can have a closeness with God that is very hard, near impossible 
to do without God's people together. What if we had that kind of value? It would definitely change the choices that we make. I want to look carefully at this just to see the metaphor through. Notice, verse 19, members of his household. So when I follow Jesus, here's what happens. My sin is removed as far as the east is from the west. So far as he removed my sin from, from me, he gives us a new heart, right? A new inner being, a newness that's receptive to God. He gives me the Holy Spirit. I am a, we sang it. I am a child of God. Yes, I am. But guess what? Not only did I become a child of God, and in one sense, my last name was Zias, and now it's whatever God's fullness of his name is, right? Jose, child of God. But I am not just brought into to like family with God. I am now brought into the large thing that he's doing. So I belong to you. You're now my brother. You're now my sister. You're not just my friend. You now belong to me and I belong to you. What if, what if even though we have nothing in common, we now have Jesus in common. This matters, my friend. This is important. This matters to your life. And it matters to my life because... If I take this light bulb that's illuminating me and I unplug it and I put it in the parking lot, it is no longer going to help me out. This light bulb was made to be in this space, connected to the wires and circuits, and its function brings illumination. I am brightened. Sorry, I'm actually shiny for those of you on the screen. I apologize. It's lack of hair. It just... I. I could put makeup on all day, but it, it just glows, right? So, so you're seeing me because that light bulb and that camera are fitted inside the house. And if we take ourselves, hear me, and the challenge is we've been hurt, right? So when we're hurt, I don't want to get hurt again. So I went to that church and this happened. I went to this church and that happened. And I tried to get close to those people and they ignored me. I, I bared my soul to this person and then found out they were talking about me behind my back. All this is real. And, and God help us when we're those kinds of people, right? We, when we do these kinds of things. So church is holy. It belongs to God. But church is being made holy. We're not there yet. So we're going to disappoint one another. When I pull myself out and say, I love Jesus, but I don't want this thing, I no longer am plugged in and I no longer fit the purpose for which God rescued me. You have been rescued for a reason. And it's not just your own personal blessing. You were, were brought into God's family to be knitted with God's people because he put things in you that matter to him. You're empowered to do. And you're empowered to bring to God's family. There's stuff that you've got that I don't. I need you. You need me. This is church. But the church isn't just about us being friends. Verse 20. Christ Jesus himself is the chief cornerstone. Lots of ways that can be interpreted. I think the best one here is it's that space when you're building a, a property back in their day. The cornerstone is where you set the lines and boundaries. So you have the whole foundation, but it starts one way, and this wall is going to go this way, and this wall is going to go this way, and it's going to go that way. Based on the stability of one stone, there has to be a starting point, and Jesus is the chief Cornerstone, so this isn't our church where we get to do what we want. We're, we're limited by our allegiance to Je Jesus is the center of the church. And so I can't just talk about whatever I want. And we can't just do whatever we want. And sometimes 
you know, we leave a church or, or leave it because like, I don't like what they're doing. And I, I don't, I don't, you know, I, I don't agree with their direction. And that, that sometimes is okay. But we should be careful that we don't throw out the main thing. And here's the main thing. The church is ultimately about Jesus and what he's doing in our lives. So it's okay to switch local communities because you realize I'm actually better fitted at 26 West or I'm actually better fit at, at Resound or I'm, I'm actually better fit at Cedar Mill or Sunset Presbyterian or Sunrise Down the Road. That's beautiful when we say like, God fit me and this, th these are his people. But we got to be careful that we don't say, well, actually, I just got a couple of buddies and that's my fit. Because Jesus is the center and our, our allegiance is to him and where he's empowered us to grow, that's where we need to be planted. Jesus is the chief cornerstone and he fits us to be walls and roofs and lighting and everything in between. And this is how God does his will in the world. Okay. Um, it's not just about Jesus, though. Notice verse 20 right before that. It's built on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets. What's that about? Jesus empowered his people to continue his mission. And, and so the apostles, those, those who were around Jesus, were given Jesus' very words and they served like prophets. Prophets were messengers who spoke the word of God. And so what do we have now? Think about this. What do we have that the apostles didn't give us? <laughs> Nothing. So Jesus empowered Paul to write Ephesians. Jesus empowered John to write the Revelation. Jesus empowered Peter. Jesus empowered. So what we have now is we could say this with confidence. Jesus is the center of the church and the scriptures that have been given to us and passed down to us, those are the foundation. We have the guidelines and the guardrails and where churches go off is when they jettison what the Bible actually says and they go by popular opinion or personal opinion, churches go off. We need to be centered. We need to know the word of God. Why? So that we're smarter than everyone else? No, so that we'll be wise. You ought to check everything I say. You ought to check it once. You ought to check it twice. Because if it's in line with the word of God, then Jesus is the center. And what Jesus has given us through his people is the guardrail and the guideline. And, and friend, we don't want to get off. So, so Jesus is, but in that, verse 21 starts to make sense. In Jesus, the whole building is joined together and rises to become the holy temple. And and this is a beautiful thing, based on us coming together to worship Jesus, who's the center, and also to study the scriptures and know what God has said so we know what God is saying. Now we can get into smaller groups of people and begin to live this out. That's why we do community groups. Not, that's not a program. It's just a, a tool for a smaller group of God's people to get together and say, this is what the Bible had said, but what, what didn't make sense? And, you know... Can I just share a little bit of my life? Because Jose was talking about this, but this is what I've been going through. And can you help me? Or, uh, hey, hey, we were talking about Ephesians 2, but let's go over to this scripture because there's more to be learned. See, we want to learn what God has said so we know what God is saying. And, and church is a place that's unlike any other. I've been to big crowded things, and you go to a big concert, and you're like, wow, you just feel the presence of the band. Ever been to one of those, like you knew the music, you listened to it, but then you were in an arena with 20,000, 30,000 screaming fans. 
and you're like, I am one with this right now. We've had that. You've gone to the sporting event where your team was doing well and pulled off a victory, and here you are high-fiving total strangers because you are caught up together in heaven. Right? Like You've been a part of big things. What is the church? When we are here, God is here. Like, I could say that a hundred times, but I want you to get the weight of that. God, the creator, is not there. He's here because this is his idea. And we together are the place of God's dwelling. So I hope your view of church has elevated. Now, here's a challenge. I said everything against a building, but we're meeting in a building. So before we worship, I want to give you an update because where do buildings fit? Because we came to a space, right, to meet as a church. And for those of you who aren't in the space, we love you. You're absolutely a part of the family. We're one family in multiple spaces right now and completely respect that for many reasons, coming to the building isn't wise for you right now. But connection is essential. That's the... This is our cultural moment and our cultural challenge because the longer people are away from one another, the less we become and live as God's united, gathered people. So we're going to have to be creative. Two mistakes that we make when it comes to buildings. One, the building is everything. Have you ever been a part of a church community? I was a part of one growing up that had endless building programs. I remember one time going to church like, if they take another offering, I'm a kid, I have nothing. But if they take another offering, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself. Because it's the first offering for this and the second offering for that and the third offering for that and the fourth offering for that. It's like, even as a kid, I was like, man, this is just, this is a bit much. So that, that's one extreme we can get into. Uh, the other extreme, though, is equally dangerous. The, the building is nothing. Like, who cares about a meeting space? Like, we, can't we just meet in homes and can't we just meet outside? Well, we can do some things in homes. But there's something about the collection of God's people in the early days. They met daily in the temple courts and they met in homes and ate with glad and sincere hearts. And the Lord was with them and he added daily to the number of those being rescued by Jesus. So there is always a both and. Um, my life has been shaped by buildings where Jesus' people have been together. I first heard the good news in a church building. Uh, I first discovered that God gives abilities to people and chances to love him and serve each other. As a 10-year-old, 11-year-old, 12-year-old, I was involved in little ways, uh, being an active part of helping out God's people. It's where I was given an opportunity to exercise God-given gifts. I, I fell in love in a church building, literally, not just with Jesus, but with Carmen. And... Uh, and I told her I loved her on the side steps of this church. I was so scared. Five years later, I proposed to her in that very spot. We were married in a church. We had children and dedicated them to follow Jesus in a church. We mourned the death of, of loved ones and friends in the church. So, so it's not everything, right? But it's not nothing. We need spaces. Spaces do matter. So here's a little bit of an update and then we want to respond and worship to Jesus. Where are we in our building space? If you're new to our community or you're just checking us out, uh, we're almost nine years old as a church. We'll turn nine this Easter. And about eight of those years have been in this space in a license agreement. This is an event center. 
and it's used for all sorts of purposes. We have a license agreement to have exclusive use on Sunday and a little office on the side and on Wednesday nights. But it's been very limiting in that there's, there's not that much we can do and we really can't change anything in the space because that's the nature of the agreement. And that's been great. By the way, God has been so generous to us uh, for close to eight years. The maximum we pay a month, and some of you who understand commercial real estate, has been a lease of $8,000 for 24,000 square feet of space. Just do the math. You cannot get that on planet Earth, let alone this part of the world. And so God's, it's enabled us to plant seven churches and do good news today and do all of this, all this work because most of the money that comes in has not been towards the building. Well, COVID happened and the nature of this, this event center has totally changed. And so I'm here to announce our elders have been working behind the scenes for months to negotiate yeah, their other spaces or this one on parallel tracks. And through lots of discernment and clear Jesus' hand, it became obvious to stay here was better. And we're days away from signing a seven-year lease that we will have on the entire space from that wall over to this whole thing, about 24,000 square feet. This will be the first time for us as Jesus' people called 26 West Church to have a space that we can grow and thrive in. This is good news. This is super good news. And three of you are excited about that. I'm super excited about it. <laughs> Which is great. We ought to rejoice. We've been asking, not because we're building obsessed. I'm building averse. Trust me. I'm the one who's like, Lord, I'll never plant a church and I'll never build a building. And he laughs from on high. Now, we don't have to build. Thank God. It's already been built. As a matter of fact, it's been built out that fits us so beautifully. That's a gift. Now, here's also the reality. Once we start this lease, which is going to be dated as of February 1, our monthly requirement goes from $8,000 to $35,000 a month. Lease, maintenance, personnel, all-inclusive to make this happen. Some of you are like, holy budget canal. Like, what do we, what? Yeah. Well, A, for this area that's market value, and the elders have done great to negotiate the best terms possible. By the way, to retrofit this empty building, if we were to find another space, would be between $1.2 and $1.5 million to, to create this on top of the red. So, so we discern this is where God wants us to grow. On top of that, we have a seven-year lease with a five-year extension option if the Lord continues to keep us here. And we have the first right uh, to purchase the building if it goes for sale. All I'm here to say is God's given us not just a house but a bit of home. And this is good news. There are things we're not able to do in the past that we're not able to do in the future. But I, wanna, I want you to know this. Uh, 26 West is not about a church building. We are God's people together who meet in spaces. And so we have amped up generosity. It's our core value as a church is to live generous because God is generous. And we are not slowing down at all. As a matter of fact, a check went out this week to Luis Palau Association to do evangelism around the world. Another check went out to Arua Community Church uh, for Luis Palau for $10,000 for Arua Community Church. It was $10,000, our partner in northern Uganda. Another $10,000 went out the door this week uh, for intentional parenting to raise up passionate Jesus followers. We are not slowing down because we believe that God has enough for all of it. And in the future, and I won't get into the details, this is an amazing space that will be rented out. And so when we're using it, we use it to our full capacity. On the days we're not using it, we're going to be wise. And so we get the privilege now to take the bathrooms and make them more user-friendly and larger for families and 
for kids and take the space behind us that's one big block and divide it up into smaller rooms to have classes. There's all sorts of things we couldn't do, we can do, and, and there's no reason to be stressed. Everyone taking their place in God's family. Everyone being built into the wall and fabric of God's family. Everyone using their God-given abilities. And for some of you, God's given ability to you is super generosity. And everyone can live generously. Some of you can do more in terms of time and effort and resources. Everyone doing their part. We're not shrinking back. We're moving forward. So, okay, let's invite the worship team to come. What can we do now? Okay, here's not the chance for a second offering. We haven't even taken one. Here's the reminder that church is God's idea. He's fitted us to be a part of his work. We are God's people. We are God's house. And we meet in spaces. We meet in your house. We meet on online Zoom chats. And we also meet in person. And in all of those spaces, People are experiencing life in Jesus. And so church is never about the building, but it's about what God is building in us. And so a couple of questions that we need to wrestle with, and some of these will be tough because I know where some of you come from and the church experience has not been good. First question, what place does church have in my life right now? I need you to wrestle with, it, with this, and especially in our community groups, wrestle with that. What's the priority or lack of priority of church in your life right now? Because as we move out of COVID lockdown and isolation, I'm telling you, if we don't answer that, we're going to continue to slide on the, I don't think church is that important. And that would be against the way of Jesus. Second question, what's keeping me from a more meaningful connection with God's people? What's holding you back? What, what has become an active part of your life that's for, for some reason squeezing out your energy and your ability to invest in God's people. You ought to think about that and bring that to Jesus and say to Jesus, well, okay, wh which is the better way? And then the last one is connected. How does God want to use this church to build and grow your foundation and faith in Jesus this year? What's your hope for this community to build you up and what is your responsibility to build into the lives of other people in this church this year? It takes both. So what are you called to receive and what are you praying for and what are you called to do? Uh, remember, my friend, we are God's church. We are God's people, the space where God dwells. Well, because that's true, why don't you stand on your feet and we're going to worship. We're going to respond in singing and communion. We're going to take the bread and cup. We're going to give generously as God has been generous. Lord, thank you that you chose to fit me into your body and that you didn't keep me far. But Jesus, by faith and trust in you, I am now a child of God. Now, God, take us together. We pray in this season, build us into a holy house, a place that's pleasing to you where our lives reflect you, Jesus. And more than that, where the world can see who you are and people can respond to the good news that Jesus saves. Lord, we declare it, we believe it. Now help us to live into it. Even this week we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Ryan's going to lead us as we worship Jesus.